Hey friends, hope you're having a good day. I've been pondering the subject of suffering, and I know it's not a pleasant subject, but a necessary one to, to discuss or think about. I believe that how a Christian responds to suffering can be a good measurement of their level of maturity and how they respond is uh, extremely important. So a couple of questions to consider along those lines, but first let me tell you a little story. Uh, many of you may have heard of a gentleman called uh, the Heavenly Man. His uh, name is Brother Yun, and uh, he was in China, thrown in jail for his uh, belief in Christ, uh, harshly treated because he was such a strong believer. Um, people would would spit on him and urinate on him, and they just treated him very badly, starve him, gave him very little food. Uh, but he responded by giving his food away to others. And um, it, the rumor became, or the story became around the prison, that there's a man in the prison who's, who is surviving on nothing, no food or water. He, you know, obviously shrunk away to nothing. Um, they couldn't break him, his spirit, so they broke his legs. I mean, just unimaginable suffering. Until one day, um, the Lord came, visited him, healed his legs. He got up, walked out of prison, passed the prison guards, the doors mysteriously opened, just like what happened with Peter in the book of Acts when he got out of prison. And he walked away, got out of China, and spent the rest of his life here uh, preaching the gospel, ministering. I've laid eyes on this man. I've heard his story. Um, it's amazing. But here's what, here's what really got me when someone asked him about suffering. It's a great quote. He said, suffering is choosing to live without the conscious awareness of God. Think about that. To him... Suffering was not having God in his uppermost mind. In other words, he's saying he could endure everything as long as he had an awareness of the presence of God. And then he said this, if you're suffering, you've cho chosen it. That's a pretty heavy thought. In other words, it's our attitude when difficult situations come across. It's not burying our head in the sands or pretending that's not a real situation or it's a difficult situation, but it's where we put our focus because what you focus on is what you become. And if you focus on all the hardships and all the difficulties, all the offensive people, all the offenses that people have spoken towards you, all the uh, negative things, if you focus on those things, that makes you very sour. So what our brother is saying here is, you know, you choose your suffering. You've chosen it. Or you could choose to put your heart and mind on God. So it's a big lesson. Here's a couple of other thoughts that I think might be helpful. How to respond to suffering is to ask yourself, there's really two questions we ask, why and what. Why is a question, I believe, is a question of doubt. When you're asking why, it reminds me of my kids when they were young and it's time to go to bed. Son, it's time to go to bed. Why? Parents, you know this one, right? Because you need your rest. Why? Because if you wake up cranky, you're difficult to deal with. Why? And what it is, it's a delay tactic. Why? Because <laughs> they don't want to go to bed. <laughs> and they know they can string it out. You know, that's a childlike thing and we can understand that. But part of it, you know, if they're doing that when they're 17 or 18 and not listening to you, there's probably some defiance in there, there's probably some rebellion. And the why question kind of speaks to that. I don't trust you. Why are you doing this to me? You know, when suffering comes along, many times we ask God, why did this happen? Have we forgotten that God, you love us? God, there's a purpose for everything in my life. Whether you, you know, we can debate back and forth did God cause the suffering? Did he send the trial? 
Did he send the difficulty? Did he, get, did he give you the cancer? You know, those all question God's motives. It's a wide question. A better question is what? In other words, what do you want me to do? How shall I respond to this situation? See, that's not, a, that's not a doubting question. When I say, what do you want me to do, I've already stated, I trust you. I don't get what's happening. This is a difficult situation. I don't know why these people are treating me this way. I don't know why my finances have gone sideways. I don't know why I fill into difficulty. When you start asking why, it leads you down a path that can be very troublesome. Keep it simple. Lord, what do you want me to do about this? See, I find when I say, what do you want me to do? I've simplified things. I just need to be still, trust God, and listen. And then do, do what he says. How simple is that? It's a great way to approach life. Here's a couple other thoughts. The reward far outweighs the difficulties of the process. Remember, there's a, there is a divine purpose. This is why it says in James, you know, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. It's going to lead to something, to building character. There's a divine purpose for what's going on in your life. It requires trust. Another one, blessings and prosperity require praise and thanksgiving. Simple, right? When good things happen, our response is praise and thanksgiving. Trials require faith and trust. We need both in our life. Obviously, we, you know, we just can't live off trials all the time. It's very discouraging. We need those victories, those blessings. But if we begin to see our, our trials as opportunities to trust my Father, it becomes a launching pad into a deeper level of relationship with Him, a deeper trust with Him. It sets you up for the next level of blessing and favor in your life and promotion. Here's another thing. God has something better than what you are hold, trying to hold on to. God has something better for you than what you're trying to hold on to. What's that mean? It means sometimes trials and struggles come into our life. Unexpected situations that seem like a difficulty and that's really God maybe shaking some things loose in your life. That just happened recently in my life. I wasn't expecting something and a dramatic change happened and it shifted some time and some direction in my life. At first it was hard and difficult, but then I realized, wait a second, this is an opportunity. God shifted me. It was out of my hands. I, hadn't, I wasn't expecting it. There was like nothing I had done wrong. It just shifted. It was a difficult shift. But at the end I realized, God, you've just shifted my course, my direction. So the question I ask is, what opportunities are you preparing for me now? See, we never focus on the negative. The Bible's very clear what we're to focus on, setting our mind on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where we put our focus. And whenever trials or struggles get you focused on other things, it gets you in trouble. Here's one more. My mistakes are my teachers. Take your mistakes seriously, but not personally. Sometimes trials come to our way because, hey, we've done something dumb. Stupidity has consequences. We all make mistakes. We all do things like that. Let them become your teachers. Don't let them discourage you. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. Don't get down on yourself. Let it be a teaching tool for you. And let me give you one more. I love this one. If you can't feel his hand in the midst of a trial or situation, trust his heart. Simple to the point. Bless you guys. Don't ask why. Just ask him what. Do what he says. Rest in his love. And you'll see God work on your behalf.